It's playoff week. The boys from the city of evil, the Los Angeles Rams, are coming down to take on the Green Bay Packers in the frozen tundra. Hit it. This team loves to win ugly. Winning ugly gets you to this point. Takes the snap on third down. Rodgers waits, throws, right side, got a man wide open. Touchdown, and it's Robert Tanyan again. Aaron Rodgers with his fourth touchdown of the game. It's going to be a good week for the Green Bay Packers. Getting a chance to move on. One more to go. We'll talk to you next week. And a good week and a chance to move on. It certainly is the Green Bay Packers finally. The NFC Divisional Round is upon us Saturday, 3.35 Central Time, Los Angeles Rams. If you are listening to this episode, may I be the first one to tell you, welcome to hell. You will be at Lambeau Field on Saturday, and it is not going to go well for you. Welcome back. This is the illusion of complexity, guys. It's, it's been a minute, as the kids might say, and we're back and we're better than ever, at least... <clears throat> You know, we're here. We exist and we're breathing and everything's good, as they might say. I'm your host this evening. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm live in the game on Wisconsin studios. I just polished off a plate of wings in front of these guys, and I give them credit for allowing me to eat in front of them. So they're good friends. I appreciate that very much. Joined with me, as always, uh, he has a name on the stream, which I'm thankful this is an audio show and not a visual one because it's, well, frankly, a little rude, but I'm just going to let that be. Uh, Zach, Zach Jacobson is with us tonight, uh, fresh off a, a college degree. So he's uh, smart AF as, and I'm, you know, cleaning that up for our audience here. Uh, but Zach, welcome to the show. Congratulations. Thank you guys. I love you both. Don't let the piece of paper fool you. I'm still an idiot and you're <laughs> both still my uh, intellectual superiors. Um. But yeah, no, you're right. It has been a minute. It's been a couple weeks since we've been able to do the show, and I am just glad to be back here with you guys. I hope you enjoyed those wings, and to be fair, in Jacob's defense, I just absolutely destroyed a Kit Kat in front of them both, and I ate it like a serial killer too, which didn't phase them at all. Instead of breaking it apart like you're supposed to, I just opened it, and I bit into both of them at the same exact time, and Aaron wasn't phased. Jacob wasn't phased. It had the exact opposite reaction that I was hoping for, and it was really disappointing. It's possible that we already assumed you were a serial killer. I mean, yeah, nothing shocks us anymore. It's I was Any just other... something would rattle you guys, but I mean, whatever. Can't be rattled. I'm built different, and we're built oh, different. Don't, don't start stealing my quotes, Jacob. I swear, do not, do not. <laughs> okay, so if I die tomorrow, you guys know the deal and, and what's going to happen here. Uh, but also with us, and so I have a witness for that. Of course, is Aaron. Aaron, welcome to the show, and uh, it's good to be back here after uh, being complimented by Jamal Williams. So, you know, everything after that's downhill, right? Yeah, thanks for setting him up for that, where he had to force to compliment me. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. Missed you guys, believe it or not. Um, with, with every bullet so I'm, far. I miss, I miss the weirdness. So, you know. You don't need to. You don't need to lie. This is a live recording, so yeah, and people are actually going to listen. To, well, at least my mom is going to listen to this, so you know, there's at least one person that listens to this show. So our biggest fan, our biggest fan. That's right. So everybody, welcome to the show. The Packers play Sun or Saturday. I keep saying Sunday, and I'm so used to that. I am thankful for the Saturday kickoff. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I get anxious during the bye week. I hate it when the Packers don't play. I hate the bye week during the season. I rooted for the Packers to get the bye week, but I just, I get really jacked up for playoff games. I'm so looking forward to this. Uh, I'm as confident as I've ever been in a Packers team. The first question I want to ask you guys is your confidence level, where it's at and what you think with this Packers team, this is, in my opinion, this is their best chance to win the Super Bowl since they took home that title in 2010. This team, in my opinion, is more well-rounded then the 2011 team, that 2011 team had a one trick pony with that passing game. And that was a hell of a trick, but they couldn't run the ball worth a shit. And their defense was God awful. And the way I explained it to somebody last night was like, I knew if they punted, they were screwed. And this team, it doesn't feel that way. The 2014 team, the defense, I don't think is as good as this one was and didn't have as many high end players on that side of the ball. The offense back then, maybe a few more high end players, but it just feels like 
this group is a little more well-rounded on that side of the ball as well. But Aaron, I'll start with you. You're probably the biggest optimist of the group and feel the most confident when it comes to most things. But what's your confidence level of this team now as the playoffs are upon us? I feel really good, which is actually kind of scaring me how good I feel because it's almost like a – I can't remember the last time I felt this confident in a Packers team um, because every year I feel like I've gone into the playoffs and I've said, eh, well, you know, the defense doesn't look that good. Or like last year I felt like our offense really wasn't at the like the level that it needed to be, um, you know, because – and as well as obviously our defense, our run defense, there were just some question marks kind of on both sides of the ball last year. And um, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, the only thing that is negative is really special teams, but I cannot see that being the difference maker, you know, in, in this team, because there's just so much else they have to offer. You know, it's, it's weird how, how good I feel about this team right now. I I agree. Uh, Zach, I'm just going to kick it right to you then. What do you feel about this team right now? You know, I'm actually with Aaron in like, in a sense that, you know, feeling this confident about this team is usually kind of like a, it feels like a bad thing because that's, that's usually when it comes back to bite you in the ass. So like, I try not to like, try not to like over dramatize it or talk too much about it. You know, because you feel so good about this team. They give you more than enough reasons to feel this confident. You hear it from the coaches. You hear it from the players, how confident they're playing offensively. Aaron Rodgers specifically, he talks about the confidence, you know, in the offense and, you know, and how he bought into the system. And, you know, he's more, he's just more comfortable in the system. And the defense now, you know, they have a better grasping on their assignments, you know, and, and their responsibilities. Everything, everything's just really come together in the last month or so of the season. And they're hitting their stride right now. And we saw that the last last few weeks. But, you know, fortunately for the, unfortunately for the Packers, the Rams are hitting their stride right now too. Uh, yeah, that remains to be seen. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but we'll talk more about that. <clears throat> no, well, see, I would, yeah, I would, I would say they are. I mean – Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, they played the Cardinals. They looked okay. Three weeks before that, four weeks before that, they lost to the Jets. I mean, hitting their stride, I guess, is a relative term. I think they just played a team they matched up really well with in the postseason. But I mean, we're we're seeing the spotlight right now being focused on their defense, that front seven, their pass rush, Aaron Donald, sure. everybody, Jalen Ramsey. You know, he's he's uh-huh. suddenly being looked at again as the best cornerback in football, which you know, for most of the season. He hasn't really been talked about as much as he used to, you know, it's just been on some, you know, a couple of the other guys, but now he's being, you know, he's been really shut down his side of the field and looking at all the, you know, the other variables, like who they've had a quarterback, they've been kind of shuffling there. They've been going through John Wolford. They've, they still won a playoff game. They got out of Seattle. And for all we know, that wild card game, that was the beginning of their stride. You know, I feel like, I've seen them. yeah, it could be. You know, going into Green Bay, it's going to be cold. Yeah, and I don't really trust Jared Goff. I feel like I'm getting, I'm getting deeper into this, and I know you know we have other segments in the show and stuff where we're <laughs> going to talk about the Rams. But I'm just saying, a lot of people are underestimating the Rams just because of the the elements. You know, inclement weather, Jared Goff's thumb. I get it, but they still get paid to play, and still a professional football team with really good defense. They do. And, you know, their defense, it starts, well, it starts with Aaron Donald. And that is, without saying, he's the best defensive player in football. And I was talking about this with my dad, Owen Reese, earlier. And we were talking about, you know, if you make a list of top 10 defensive players. Yeah, time out. What did you just say? Back up. Rewind. Talking Which with her? My dad, Owen Reese. <laughs> Wait, so we're brothers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I- Okay. Everything right. I learned about football, I learned from Owen. So he is I mean, a very, very smart guy. All right, continue. So you guys, so you guys have is—is is he also Rashawn's dad? Uh, you know, you it's, it's a weird family tree. White people okay. are weird, man. Yeah, this should interesting. Excuse <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> it's interesting, but you know, we don't need to get into the details of it. The more you think about it, the more jacked up it is. But uh, you know, we were talking about it, and what we said was, if you make a list of top ten defensive players in all of football, the entire NFL. The Rams have two guys, and you can't argue. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. The Packers maybe have one with Jair Alexander, and I think you feel pretty good about that argument. Maybe 
Zadarius Smith is somebody that you're like, okay, you can have that discussion. Uh, I don't know if he's like slam dunk in there, but Donald and Jalen Ramsey absolutely are there. And that's where I want to start is with Jalen Ramsey, because Zach, you mentioned it to, in my opinion, he is the best cornerback in the NFL. And I know I have said in the past on this platform and on this network that it's Jair Alexander, but the more I've looked into it this week, I think it's Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the more I've gone through things just because here's my thing with Jalen Ramsey is he is, and this isn't meant to be a slight to Richard Sherman, but Jalen Ramsey, Zach, you said the phrase, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but you said his side of the field. Uh, Jalen Ramsey plays on both sides of the field and in the slot and wherever your best receiver is, that's where he goes. And that is something to me that is the mark of a true shutdown corner. And I think that that is what separates someone like Richard Sherman, for example, I, I know why the Seahawks, for example, didn't ask him, but that is why I was always on the side of Darrell Revis over Richard Sherman in that argument, because Revis, you know, I remember when the Packers played the Patriots in 2014 and Revis kind of interchanged between Jordy on the outside and Randall Cobb in the slot. And he played both and just kind of moved around on both of those guys. Ramsey will do that too. Cause somebody last week, Peter Bukowski and a bunch of guys have talked about, you know, the Packers maybe trying to move Devonte into the slot to get him away from Ramsey. Ramsey will go there too. Played almost 200 snaps in the slot this year. He is fantastic. And I think the key for the Packers this week on the offensive side of the ball is to know Devontae is not, Devontae is not going to go zero, zero and zero. For example, last week, Jalen Ramsey shadowed DK Metcalf for the most part, but there were plays he got away from him. He was able to go for five ninety-four and two touchdowns. Devontae is not going to have a game where he goes 11, 120 and three touchdowns, something like that but they're going to have to make some plays around those guys. And those secondary pass catchers, MVS, Robert Tunyon, the running backs, Alan Lazard, those guys are going to have to make some plays on third downs. I think the running game is going to have to play a part on it. They may have to convert a couple third and fives on the ground, some plays like that against this Rams defense. And that's where things are going to be really tough. But I kind of want to have this discussion on Jalen Ramsey versus Jair Alexander, because the first conversation when the all pro team comes out is Ramsey and Xavier Howard, are named first team all pro and every Packer fan in the world goes Jair was snubbed and I get it. We're going to back our guy. Totally understand that. <clears throat> but then the question comes of, well, who are you taking off? Xavier Howard does the same sort of stuff that Jalen Ramsey does. And he has 10 interceptions. A lot of guys are going to go toward the sexy numbers too. And then you add in the Jalen Ramsey factor. Jair has been fantastic this season absolutely deserving of a first team all pro team. It's just tough when you're only picking two guys. It's very similar to the MVP award where there's deserving guys like Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen, but there's only, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to win the award most likely. What are your guys' thoughts on this though? Aaron, I'll start with you as far as Jair Alexander against Jalen Ramsey and then Jalen Ramsey facing off against Devontae Adams. Cause that really is the marquee matchup going into this week. Well, I think part of the argument against that does not work in Jair's favor is he doesn't get targeted very much at all anymore. Like that is the biggest thing is, is he is just, there are times where he's like, gets like three targets a game. I mean, how is he supposed to get 10 interceptions when he's, barely getting past two. So I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and I, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with a guy that's had 10 interceptions. I mean, I don't know how, cause you look at the stats. I mean, yeah, we get to watch Jair every week, but the people voting are not watching Jair every, every single week. I just don't know how you can look at their stats and say, yeah, Jair definitely deserved to go ahead of, of Howard. Um, and I, I mean, and even if you say, I, Ramsey and Jair even close. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big, this person needs to be ahead of this person. Like I always have made the joke that like, imagine meeting the love of your life and then finding out that he debates Brady versus Rogers on Twitter. <laughs> I just, that is like my, you know, it's just. Well, I hate I, to break I, it to I you, Aaron, but <laughs> if the Bucks and the Packers win this week, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the matchup is going to be Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers for the NFC Championship. No, and we're going to have to hear, hear Packers fans say why Brady or Rodgers is better, and 
Bucks fans say why Brady is better, and neither of those opinions mean a damn thing. I almost said the F word. Um, <laughs> and I just, so that's why this kind of argument, I'm like, this is too ticky tacky. I'm going to say he's top five corner in the league and be happy and confident to say that. And that in itself is an honor, I think. So it's kind of, it's like picking between five guys, regular fries and five guys, Cajun fries. Right, Zach? Right. Like it's oh, wow, both winners. Wow. Wow. Save that for later, Jacob. Wow. <laughs> so Zach, tell me about this matchup between Devante and Jalen Ramsey. Cause that is your marquee. Ma- like, I mean, Aaron Donald is going to get matched up against Elton Jenkins from time to time. I do imagine Brandon Staley is going to say like Lucas Patrick is a matchup they can exploit. That's not to say Lucas Patrick is bad, but if I were the Rams defensive coordinator and I'm pretty sure Brandon Staley's smarter than I am, he's going to say 99 on 62 as much as we can get it and go from there. But 17 against 20 is going to draw all the attention because those might, that might be this year's best wide receiver against this year's best cornerback. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Before I do that, I just want, I want to touch on the, um, what were you guys just talking about again? Sorry, I have dementia. <laughs> I have. I know. I know a place that cares for dementia patients, Zach. So, I mean, if you need some rehab, give me a call. You're right. No, Jair you're right. versus Ramsey and Howard. Oh no! Oh, it was. Oh yeah, Jair. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Uh, I do want to say though, that he was second. He was second team All Pro, and, and to be an All Pro in any facet in your third year in the league, in the league, like that's. That in itself, that's a fuck. That's a huge fucking deal. Okay, right. so regardless of where he is on that little chart that you know the voters come out with, I know it's not first team. Still, it's a huge deal, and it's just it's the first stepping stone in what's going to be a great for, uh, career for him. But as far as Adams and, J- and Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you really pointed to it, Jacob. He is going to be followed no matter where he goes in the field. The Packers, they're going to use motion, pre-snap motion to get Adams all over the field, line him up in the slot, line him about wide, whatever they got to do. But Ramsey's going to be on his tail regardless. That's where those secondary we- uh, weapons have to come to play. And just like they have all season, they've had big games from uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Earlier in the year, they had big games from Alan Lazard. Robert Tunyon's been a- an emphasis uh, at various points. And throughout the last two years in the floor's offense, Aaron Jones has had uh, spurts where he's been, you know, the fo- the focal point of what they're trying to do. So it's, you know, guys like that needing to step up in the face of something like this. But, you know, that, that isn't to say Adams is going to be completely eliminated, you know, as a result of, you know, whatever the hell Jalen Ramsey's going to do. You know, I know he's a great cornerback, but Adams, he has the type of skill set that could rattle Jalen Ramsey a little bit. You know, it's that quick, shifty type of receiver, that quick release off of the line. You know, Ramsey, he has his best success against some of the more physical guys. You have someone like Devontae Adams who can create separation. And, you know, I'm not talking about any type of separation. I'm talking about yards worth of separation like he has all season. It's that type of game that could really deter Jalen Ramsey and, you know, open him up. So it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one to watch. Definitely. It's it's probably the matchup of the game. Yeah, and I think if the Packers can get enough, you know, I'm looking at, again, can Devontae maybe not necessarily dominate the game? Because I don't think you're going to get that. Like, Jalen Ramsey is just too good for that to happen. Yeah. But can you get him to make plays on third downs to extend drives, make plays in the gold zone, make plays, you know, a 20-yard touchdown kind of play, something like that to get the Packers enough. But – what I want to ask you guys about then, who's your pick to click, if you will, then of the other guys, if you will, because the way this Packers offense is pitched, and it's amazing to me that we've gone through an entire season and the number one offense in the NFL, the number one scoring offense in the NFL is still pitched as Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the little sisters of the poor, no <laughs> offensive weapons. I still think that's crazy to me that that happens, but it does. Who's your pick to click of the secondary guys, no pun intended, to make some plays against this Rams defense? Aaron, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's gonna be the the backfield getting the running backs involved in the passing game. Um that I think is always just a killer. I mean, especially when you're talking Aaron Jones with with some space and he's just got great eyes and on the field. I just I, I think that that's gonna be tough, especially if you can get him on a good matchup. Um because I really want to say Lazard, but he's, I mean, 
I have been banging that drum for weeks on Lazard's going to have another like saints like game and it, and it just hasn't happened yet. So I'm a little, I don't know if that's him or if I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with like getting Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. Zachary. I'm going to go with Robert Tunyon. I think the Packers, they're going to try and focus on the running game a little bit and run right at Maybe not run at. They're probably going to press the sidelines a little bit. Maybe you know avoid Aaron Donald at all costs. Granted, he is dealing with that rib cartilage injury, but eventually they're going to be stressing that a little bit, and eventually that's going to open up the play action game, and that's going to feed a lot towards Robert Tunyon. They love the play action boot, Robert Tunyon. They love getting him into open space. So I think that could be uh, you know among those uh, secondary guys that you like to call him. That's going to be a that's going to be a guy to key in on. So here's a little bit here for you guys as far as play action, Zach. You just mentioned that. According to Mina Kimes on her podcast, and this came from Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, the Rams against play action this year, they're 24th in QBR, 22nd in yards per attempt, and 32nd in average yards of separation. Packers yep. pretty good as a play action passing team. And a little bit since we talked about Jair Alexander and Jalen Ramsey, here are Jair Alexander's stats on the season. Targeted a very nice 69 times, 35 <laughs> receptions against, uh, completion percentage 50 or reception percentage 50.7%, 337 yards, 101 yards after the catch. He gave up two touchdowns, has one interception, 13 pass breakups, and only one penalty. Jalen Ramsey, 64 targets, 32 receptions, 50%. 309 yards, 127 of those after the catch, three touchdowns, one interception, eight pass breakups, and six penalties. So it is interesting uh, just at least mm. to see those numbers in practice a little bit. As far as my pick to click, if you will, I've gone back and forth on this, but I see that play action game and I see visions of that shot play. And when I think shot play, I think 83. And I think Marquez Valdez Scantling. And I know he's kind of had it to where he has those big plays and then he disappears for a couple weeks and then he has those big plays and then he disappears. I'm going to ride the wave. I'm going to ride that roller coaster and I'm going to ride the high. I think they have a really good opportunity to hit him on a deep ball this week. I think those Rams safeties are going to cheat up a little bit. Zach, I think you're right. I think that the Packers are going to focus on that run game a little bit. The Rams do like to play in light boxes, which is going to tempt the Packers to run the ball. And I do think they have the ability to do that. I don't think this Packers running game can dominate the game, but they have played really well down the stretch as far as running the ball goes. They had over 100 yards, and I think every single one of their games, except for Detroit and Chicago, the last game of the season, starting from the first Chicago game to the end of December, and they were averaging almost five yards a clip if you include all of those games through the end of the season. So I look for a heavy dose of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon even a little bit, try and get those guys involved. But I think a big part of this game is going to be getting those yards after the catch, uh, making some of those plays in space, like you mentioned. So I think those plays to Aaron Jones, like you guys mentioned, I think Robert Tunyon is going to be a part of that. But the playoffs come down to big plays and making those. And you saw it last year, for example, the Super Bowl. What's the one play everybody talks about in the Super Bowl? That Wasp play that Kansas City made, the third and 15 where Patrick Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill. Well, Green Bay doesn't have Tyreek Hill, but they have MVS, and he can hit a play like that. So I look forward to him hitting a play like that on Sunday, Saturday. I keep doing that Saturday, hitting a big one down the field. To be fair, they should be playing on Sunday, in my opinion. I am very okay with them playing on Saturday as somebody who has to travel. So totally okay fair. with it. Um, and the other thing I'm looking forward to is just the roar of the crowd as it happens. Like I cannot wait. Like I have goosebumps just thinking about that right now. I'm so excited for the fact that they were able to get some fans safely in the stands and just to make some make some noise in the stadium as that happens. I look forward to the roar of the crowd when they score a touchdown. I think that the fans are going to be even more juiced up than they normally are. This is the first time fans have been at Lambeau Field in a bigger capacity than like 500 people since last year on this date, uh, this date yesterday, never mind, against Seattle. That's a long time. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of pent-up frustration, and it's going to explode like a volcano. And both of you, please be more mature than that. And okay, I didn't even think of I didn't even think of anything until Aaron started giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was waiting for you to say blue balls. 
<laughs> All right. right. So we're off the rails. And guys, so let's move to our next point. Sorry. It's the Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. You get point, what you get from me. <laughs> that's fair. Here's the point about the Los Angeles Rams is when I think about Los Angeles, and that is Zach in and out burger is fucking terrible. You know what, Jacob? It is fucking terrible. I hate in and out. But you know what? I will go there if I'm on a budget and I'm craving in and out Because I'm not going to lie. Their fries are really good, and they make them fresh right there, freshly peeled and everything. Their fries are good. I'll give them that. Okay, that's like the one saving grace that I will give in and out That's it. Nothing else. Okay? Their burgers are shit. Let that be known. Put all on the record right now. The burgers suck. In and out sucks. I haven't even had what a burger. I've never had Culver's. I've want to, but I've never had either place. But I can tell you right now, they are probably better than In and Out. Yeah, I didn't. I'll, I'll put my savings on that. I didn't forget that when you come here for the game on party next season, that I am buying you Culver's. So I still have and that in my along head. with Pequod. And I will buy you whatever drink from any bar that you want. I'm all for it. So yes, in and out burger is terrible. It's known as this local cuisine. And I remember everybody telling me, you got to try it. You got to try it. And I came away with it. And I was like, no, like, I mean, honestly, if we're talking burgers, Zach, you mentioned Culver's, you mentioned five guys, which I don't even know if you mentioned it or if I'm just thinking that you did because you, you should. I said Whataburger. Cause those are the two places I haven't tried. I haven't had Whataburger either, but I know that was a big thing with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams when they came back from, one of their road trips this season, obviously. Um, overall, there's so many, like I would rather go to Red Robin for a burger. I would rather go, I mean, McDonald's, man. Like, honestly, uh, I'm being dead serious. When I, and I used to work at McDonald's. So that is saying something. When you've made that shit, you never want to eat at McDonald's again. And anybody who's listening to this podcast that used to work at McDonald's, you know that shit is nasty. You have not lived and seen nasty until you've cleaned one of those fucking grease traps. It is disgusting. You pull the grease out of there and you feel like you've just, it just looks like deep fried vomit in a grease. It's disgusting, but I would rather eat a burger from McDonald's than in and out burger. Aaron, you've never tried it. I've never had in and out. So um, I am team five guys though, when it comes to um, burgers. Well, you've never had in and out burgers. Right. You've Jacob. experienced in and out. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob. Um phrasing. <laughs> All right, moving in on and out with five guys. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball. The Packers Aaron. are gonna be facing a quarterback. <laughs> quarter, Packers are gonna be facing a quarterback with a broken thumb on Sunday. And Jared Goff has played in the cold. Zach mentioned the elements this Sunday being in the Packers' favor. Right now it looks like the game temperature will be right at or around the freezing temperature, which is 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which will piss off Radon Randell. And I apologize to Radon that I'm talking about Fahrenheit instead of Celsius degrees, but that's, I don't know how to do the math that quickly to get to degrees Celsius on that. So my apologies to Radon, the unidentified black male, but Jared Goff, broken thumb on Saturday. Nobody's catching the Blue Mountain State reference there. So I'm sorry. Dude, if, I haven't watched Blue Mountain State in like five years. That's five <laughs> years too many. You're right. I do. I should probably rewatch it. It has been a while. But anyways, sorry. Continue. Yeah. When I had COVID, I watched it twice. Really? Oh, yes. You rewatched all every season? Twice. And the movie once. <laughs> You're a sick man. Do you know how much spare time you have when you can't leave your room except to go to the bathroom? I'm pretty sure I had COVID in March. So yeah. Okay. So you get it. Okay. I do. So we've, so we've been there. Anyways, Jared Goff has played two games in the cold and they haven't gone well. And one of them very much sticks out in my head. And that was now two full seasons ago. He played against the Chicago bears. And I will never forget that game because it was the game where everybody was like, okay, this is where everybody's going to prove that the bears are frauds. They're playing a good team. And the bears just dismantled Jared Goff and the Rams. And that is the game that everybody points to in Chicago because they say, Oh, if Cody Parkey just makes a field goal, they would have gone and played the Rams and done the same exact thing to that offense. And then they would have gotten to play Nick Foles and the Eagles and had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And frankly, I'm a little scared that they were right. <laughs> like, quite frankly, I'm a little scared that they're right. 
I want to pause there for a minute just to give my greatest and most sincere gratitude to a few people that have been very important in my life. I've been alive for 29 years. Uh, the McCaskey family, Ted Phillips, uh, everybody, you guys and the Chicago Bears organization as a whole, the gift that really never ceases to give uh, announced today, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will be back next season, which ensures the Chicago Bears will toil in mediocrity for at least one more season and probably closer to like three because you figure a new GM and a new coach will probably take some time to get things going on. And you know that when the next GM comes in, they'll probably screw up the quarterback situation there too. So I don't know if you guys heard this, but Deshaun Watson wants to be traded theoretically, or at least reportedly. And the Bears had a chance to draft him and they didn't even interview him. They completely ignored him. Wow. What a bummer. Did you know who they drafted? They drafted that Trubisky fell instead. Oh, that Trubisky feller? <laughs> they sure did. Poor, poor Chicago Well, I Bears. hope they didn't trade up for him. That oh would have been a God. shame if they did. Hold on. I'm checking. Oh, my God, they did. <laughs> wow. But probably a lot of spots because – there were probably a lot of people that had their eye on him. Quite yeah. a few, just one, mm. just one. So well, then they probably didn't trade much. Uh, well, okay. We're just, yeah, three, yeah. Three picks. Okay. So Chicago, good for you guys. The gift that never stops giving guys. It's just great. It's fantastic. I love you all. Virginia McCaskey. I love you. Ted Phillips. I will send you guys a fruit basket in the next couple of days, because like I said, for the, Last 29 years of my life, you guys have been a gift that has never stopped giving. And I appreciate you so, so much. And I am so thankful for guys like Mark Murphy and Bob Harlan and Ron Wolf and Brian Gutekunst and Ted Thompson, because those guys have ensured that the Packers organization has been in good hands for the vast majority of my life. Because realistically, guys, we could be the Bears, but thank God we are not. So anyways, the point of that was that Jared Goff is coming here on Saturday. And I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about what your thoughts and plans were for this Packers defense, because the Rams offense, they scored 23 points, 30 on the scoreboard, seven of which obviously came on a pick six from Russell Wilson. What's your confidence level of Sean McVay being able to dry or draw up and drive up some points against this Packers defense? Zach, I mean, obviously this Rams defense is very good, but how many points do you think what's like that sweet spot number for the Rams offense, should they need to get past this Packers team? Because they're not going to hold the Packers to 14. They got to score at least above 20 points. And I, I really can't see them doing that. I mean, I tweeted the other day. I mean, like what, what the hell is their plan going to be? If Jared Goff with his messed up thumb reverts into Kevin Kolb and they're not able to get Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown, if they're not able to, able to get that running game going, what's going to be the plan then? They're going to be a one-dimensional football team in the cold, very, very suboptimal temperatures. And I just can't see them having success. You know, and I know it's usually games like this where like, you know, a team is really outmatched, you know, with, with something like this. They still find a way. You know, that that's the point of this game. You still got to find a way. And teams always do. Good teams always do. And I think the Rams are a good football team. You know, even, you know, with some of the adversity that they've been through. I just, I, I, I don't know what their plan is going to be offensively. Like, I can't, fi I can't figure it out. And at that point, you kind of put a ton of pressure on Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in this really good defense to kind of win you the game. And if you do that, then, I mean, there's ways to combat that as an offense. If you're the Packers, like there's ways to get around that. So, you know, I, I don't know the Rams. I mean, they're just up shit Creek right now. I think offensively. Yeah. And that's a fair question because at this point, so Scott Caxmar, and I apologize if I'm totally butchering his last name. So in the Super Bowl, he's pointed out that the number one offense has faced the number one defense 21 times and they're 10 and 11 in the Super Bowl again, since the merger, but there are other numbers that pointed out uh, that the offense has actually had some better chances than that. So for everybody pointing that out since 2000, uh, they're actually one in six in the Super Bowl, but they've actually lost the second playoff game a couple times and they've missed the playoffs twice, but there's a few other numbers that go through a few different things. Um, 
in other playoff rounds since 1970, the number one defense is actually three and five in such matchups. So the idea that the defense quote unquote always wins this matchup isn't necessarily true. And the other thing to remember is this Packers defense matches up in my opinion, at least pretty well against this Rams offense. Jair Alexander can take away Robert Woods. Who's kind of Jared Goff's security blanket. I think Chan and Sullivan matches up pretty well with Cooper cup. And then you add in the fact that the Packers should be able to get pressure on Jared Goff. And what I mentioned about that bears defense from two years ago is that Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, the other guys that they had, Leonard Floyd, that were able to get after Goff that way. That was part of what was able to make him melt. Then you add in the fact that last week, I give Goff a ton of credit for being able to play with a broken thumb and do some of the things that he did, but he did not look good. And now you add in that the ball is going to be essentially a rock throughout the game, and he's got those pins in his thumb. He's a little healthier this week than he was last week, obviously. But I just think it's going to be a struggle for him if the Packers can take away this running game or at least slow it down. Like, honestly, they really have since Dalvin Cook exploded against them in November. I think they're in good shape if they can slow down Cam Akers in this Rams rushing attack. So, Aaron, what's your biggest key for this Packers defense going into this game against the Rams offense? I think the biggest thing is is just play your own game. You know, do what they've been doing. They've been eliminating the running game. Um, you know, I, and <laughs> I, I the Rams offense is does not terrify me at all. They have the. the the only time that they've beat a team that's they've only won twice when a team, the opponent scores more than 20 points this season, the Packers offense has only scored less than 21 time. I do not see them scoring less than 20 regardless of, you know, this, this dominant defense. That's just, I just don't see that being a possibility. So I just cannot uh, picture the Rams, offense being able to score more points in this Packers offense. I, I just cannot see it regardless of how good their defense is. I think, you know, what you kind of said about the defense winning, winning games. I just don't think that's the key anymore. I think, you know, your high powered offense is as Bukowski has said is your best defense at this point. And I think that that's the biggest key is to just on both sides of the ball, just play our own game, how we've been playing and it should be a breeze. I'm not worried about it at all. And and this defense isn't generational either. Like every, everyone's looking at this matchup on paper and they're looking at the Rams and Aaron Donald right. and Ramsey and they're thinking like this is like this is like the what the 2000 Ravens. This is 2015 Broncos. Like this isn't like, you know, an all-time great defense. This is just the 2020 Rams. Right. They're right. a really good defense as pointed out by friend and future contributor this offseason to Game on Wisconsin, Andrew Mertig says everybody's thinking this pat or this Rams defense is the 85 bears. So another example that you just threw out, they gave up 35 points to the bills, 24 to the 49ers, 28 to the dolphins. Come on. 24 to the bucks, which is a good offense, 28 to the Cardinals and 23 points to the offensive juggernaut, which is formerly known as the New York jets. So all those offenses I named, right. The only one that is comparable to the Packers is the Buffalo Bills, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that is certainly impressive. But honestly, I think if the Packers get to 24 points, they win. And I think they're more than 24 points. And we'll get to that here in just a minute. For those of you that are into the wagering of jelly beans and such, because we would never condone illegal gambling on this website. Not that we have a sports betting article that comes out every single week, but the wagering of jelly beans amongst friends the Packers, the line is six and a half. Green Bay's favored by six and a half points. It was at seven. It's been bet down to six and a half, which leads us into one of our signature segments. Guys, we have to enter holy matrimony with one, have relations with another, and end the life of another. And we're going with the LA theme, the city of evil. Motley Crue, Hollywood Undead, and Weird Al Yankovic, which is an interesting twist on this, but Zach, I'm going to let you go first. I'm marrying Motley Crue because, you know, Motley fucking crew, one of my favorite bands. And I am going to just to be clear, this is excluding the John Karabi era. We don't acknowledge that. And I am going to have relations 
not that I, you know, not, not that I have any shame saying the F word or anything. Uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have relations with Hollywood Undead because it's like a one-time thing, kind of. Not really. I mean, Hollywood Undead was one of my favorite bands in my formative years. You know, when I was a teen, when I was an angsty teen. You know, because that's like angsty that's like angsty teen music. You know, but also they're like one of my favorite bands to listen to at the gym so i'm not even gonna lie so which would which would go perfectly with the one-time thing theme you know mm-hmm. um and then i'm gonna kill Re- weird al yankovic because you know he has he has a couple good covers you know there's eat it shit where, where's, what's that other one like a surgeon um, like a surgeon amish paradise amish paradise, amish paradise. yeah and then there's uh, my favorite <laughs> the american pie cover that he turned into star wars anakin skywalker oh it's pretty good I mean, for Weird Al, it's pretty good, I guess I should say. My all-time favorite thing from Weird Al was Trapped in the Drive-Thru. Because I remember... Oh, I remember that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Plus, like, the animation and everything. It's, like, it's, it's funny. But outside of, you know, those things, I mean, like, Weird Al, he just... He looks like a, looks like a dweeb. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't really like the guy. So, you know, I got I to gotta kill him. Not that I hate him or anything, but, you know, he's just... He's the inferior of the former two options. I will say this. It's kind of funny that you brought up Hollywood Undead. There's one of their songs is called Undead, which is my favorite. One of their their original songs. Yeah. yeah, The level of creativity and coming up with a song name is is great there. Uh, But um, there's a lyric in there that is uh, what you think. I just got lucky. Didn't work for this shit. That's one of my personal favorite lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's. It's one I listen to every now and again when we get a few things thrown in our direction about a few different things. So uh, that's one of my personal favorites. That whole album is, is really good. For what it's worth. It is. It is. So, Aaron, I'm going to kick to you here. This is tough. Um, I'm going to marry Motley Crue. I'm going to join Zacharias in that. Um, because I feel, I don't know, they just like stand the test of time. Right. Like, I feel like they still hold up, even though they're, you know, not a new band, I guess. So we're going to we're going to marry that. I like that loyalty. I like that originality. Um, I see. Like, I'm going to fuck Weird Al um, because that sounds like a one a once in a lifetime, crazy, insane experience. So let's do it. Let's 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 fuck. Um, (laughs) Come on, Aaron. Is that how that works at a bar? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just just be fucking weird, and I'll say, "Yep, let's do it. Let's go home." Um, and so that's what yeah, I- the only reason I'm killing Hollywood and and Dad is because they're the only one that's left. All righty. Well, here you guys go. Uh, I am going to go with the same lineup as Zach. I am going to join everybody else, and I'm going to marry. Wow, him. so original. Sorry, but. I told you guys you could have put me in a bind and put Avenge Sevenfold in this, but you chose not to. So, oh, okay. Well, then let's let's do that now. Then let's put let's. Oh, replace- okay. You replace Weird Al with Avenge Sevenfold for yeah. you, yeah, for you, oh, just for you. Okay. So, yeah. so just to redefine the game here, then for me, it is Avenge Sevenfold, Motley Crue, and Hollywood Undead. Okay, um, that was not even that was not even difficult. Like. It is hard. Well, I mean, it's hard because now I'm killing Hollywood undead because I do enjoy them, but of the three, they are, they are my least favorite. And honestly, like their songs are very like one dimensional. And by that, I mean like you have to be in like certain spots to listen to them. Like Zach, you mentioned the gym or like ready to party. Those are the only two spots really. Exactly. Like if I'm, if I'm, that's why they're a good fuck pick because exactly. Like like, one time thing. Like I'm at the gym and I get lion pumping in my ears or something. Like I'm like, just, Oh, I feel it. I feel like that's what you listen to before you're about to like go have sex. Like just to get you all like ready to go. That's (laughs) one of the songs. Yeah. (laughs) Try that. Okay. Jacob here, he was he was acting like if we if we threw Avenge Sevenfold in there, it was gonna be like a fucking Sophie's choice or something. Like he was gonna to- <laughs> it is between now one or the other, but um I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna marry Avenge Sevenfold. And it's because, Zach, like you meant, the tiebreaker here is that Avenge Sevenfold replaced their drummer, Jimmy the Rev Sullivan, R.I.P. And they have come out with good music since then. Their Nightmare album was very good, and their The Stage album is very good. 
and they're still very good in concert. And I've said this before. I was actually talking to my wife about this last night, oddly enough. The one thing, Bad Wolves, Zach, I don't know if you heard this or not, but Bad Wolves is replacing their singer. And I hate it. And that sucks because I love Tommy Vex. I think he's awesome. I think he's got a great sound for that band. But the one thing in a band you cannot replace is the singer because that is 100% where that sound comes from. For example, I have seen Three Days Grace in concert with their previous singer and now who is their current singer, which is the guy who came from My Darkest Days. And when they're in concert, it's like watching two different shows. When they sing a song like Never Too Late or Animal I've Become, it sounds like somebody singing somebody else's songs versus when they sing Painkiller or Infrared or The Mountain or some of their new stuff. That sounds like songs that were written for him. Motley Crue replaced Vince Neil at one point with John Karabi. And I think that if I wrote down a list of songs that I really liked, I think I would have more Event Sevenfold songs that I write down than Motley Crue songs that I write down. And that's saying something still, because there's a lot of Crue songs that I obviously really like, and they're all still bangers. But Event Sevenfold, I think, stands the test of time. And they were able to kind of transition, if you think about it. Like, you go back to, like, some of their original stuff from City of Evil and, you know, like, Second Heartbeat, Beast and the Harlot, stuff like that, to now with Nightmare, Welcome to the Family, The Stage, some of that stuff. That stuff all is good, but it sounds different. You know, M Shadows went from a screamer to a singer, and it still is good. So I am going to marry ASAP. Plus, there's only one of these bands whose logo is tattooed on my body, and it's Event Sevenfold. So that's a, that would make an obvious pick for you then. Um, I mean, the only I, real... I, I would have got a true logo tattooed, but so much of their logos have satanic symbol, symbols on them. And like, just as a general rule of thumb, I won't tattoo a pentagram on my body. Makes Aaron, sense, right? Um, but yeah, what I was yeah. going to just say is um, you said like singers no, never sound like when they replace singers, they never sound the same. I'm going to counter that with Sublime because they brought Roman and he sounds just like Bradley something or other. Yeah, and I'm sure. Like, like I said, I'm sure there yeah. are exceptions to that. It's rule, crazy the, how much he sounds just like him. But there are, you know, the general rule of thumb is like if the singer leaves, right. the band collapses or they, they're not as popular because typically that's the one who's on the show. So when Vince Neil was replaced, the cruise albums tanked. Um, I think there was a there was a stretch where Five Finger replaced Ivan Moody with the guy from uh what's all that remains. And Tommy Vex did some stuff with them too. And they weren't as good. And now bad wolves is going to go through that too. And there's Sammy Hagar and Van Halen, I think is a very like the, the poster child example for that when they replaced David Lee Roth with Sammy Hagar. Um, so that's just an example. So that's what we're going to go with for me. Kind of, they didn't replace him. It was more so that Freddie Mercury died, but they were, when they were recording, uh, Mother Love. It was the last song they did, and Freddie passed away right before they did the last verse. So they had Roger Taylor, the drummer, come in and, and sing the last verse because you know Freddie passed away. Before I knew that, and before I knew it was because Freddie died, I thought it was Freddie. It actually sounded like he he like emulated the voice kind of like really really well, surprisingly. But then once I knew, it, I was like, oh okay, this is this is fucking Roger Taylor, but. Still, it was like I thought it was just kind of like you know Freddie's kind of like being ill and like that that sick kind of state. I thought it was just kind of like you know his voice kind of like deteriorating a little bit. So I was like, oh okay, well you know. But yeah, Roger Taylor actually did a really good job. They didn't replace him obviously, but that's like one example of just you know cycling in a different front man and them kind of still maintaining that same type of sound. But yeah, Mother Love though, you guys should should listen to that. Sad. Well, Bad Wolves, if you are listening and need a front man, I know a guy. Who, His you name is Zach Jacobson. Nope. Yeah, it, at, hey. it's at, it's Zachariah J and Zach. I want tickets so I, I can teach you some of the lyrics to some of their popular songs. So their cover of Zombies was my favorite cover like ever. So it's a good one, and they've got some good original stuff too. So yeah, no I, shit, guys, call me please. Yeah, do it. They're, yep, they're do I don't it. have a ta- I don't have a tattoo of their band logo, but they did inspire one of my tattoos. So. I'll get their fucking band logo tattooed. I love wolves, so I do too. That's why I have the one 
well, you guys can't see me, so there's no point in pointing at it, but the one on my, one of them on my right arm. So I didn't uh, know where that was going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, we're at the end of time here, guys. So we're not at the end of time, but we're at the end of time for the, well, maybe we're at the end of time. Who knows? So with the way the world's going, God knows at this point, point. but um, we're at the end of time for this show. So Saturday, 335 kickoff Lambeau field Packers against the Rams. I want score predictions. The Packers are six and a half point favorites, as I've mentioned, and I like them to win. I like them to cover. And I also want to know who you guys think they will be playing in the NFC championship game next week. Assuming you do in fact pick them to win. I am picking the Packers. I pick them 31 to 20. I just think the offense is too good. I've heard it all year about how they can't beat good defenses. This Colts defense is an example. They went up and down the field against this Colts defense and they didn't even bother to play in the third quarter. They made, they were better served, not even coming out of the locker room. They turned the ball over four fucking times against them. That's not going to happen. The Rams turnover differential in the playoffs, not in the playoffs, but of the teams left in the playoffs, their turnover differential is minus three. The Packers are plus seven. That is going to be a huge difference in this kind of game. Jared Goff will turn the ball over a couple times. I think Jair Alexander gets an interception. I think Darnell Savage gets an interception. And I'm looking for a big day from our guys, Darius Smith. I think the Packers offense, I mentioned Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think Devontae Adams gets the touchdown to insert that dagger, give the Packers a chance to host their first NFC championship game with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback. And they will be facing Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and the New Orleans Saints next week at Lambeau Field at 2.05 Central Time. Aaron, Packers, Rams, Saints, Bucks. Who wins and why? Uh, Packers are winning. Uh, I've kind of already explained it. I just don't see their offense outscoring our offense. I mean, when it comes down to it, you can try to get as technical as you want, but there's just absolutely no way that Jared Goff is going to score more, throw more touchdowns than Aaron fucking Rodgers. That's not happening. Um, So I'm going to say that it's going to be 34 to 21. Um, I'm not super confident in that because my gut says they're not even going to get three touchdowns, but we're just, we'll we'll just go with it. So, um, yeah, and I th- I think they're I think the Bucks are going to win. I just I, I can't see um, Drew Brees like Tom Brady losing three times in a season to one team. I think they're a little bit hungrier. I think they're the, going in there as the underdog. I think that I think that the Bucks will pull it out. The Bucks um, are going to phrasing. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you know, I, I at least I will say this: if they were playing the Colts, there's no chance that the Colts were pulling it out because Philip Rivers is their quarterback. So come on. <laughs> All right. I, I love that, Zach. You've been doing the show with us for a full season now, and you still act like you're surprised when something like this right. happens. He's known but, both of us for how many years? Like he's I surprised expect, that we I act like this better. I expect <laughs> professionalism. Well, not from here. No. So yeah, anyways, that's interesting. Uh, Zach, <laughs> please go ahead with your picks. I got the Packers winning 30 to 13. Um, Holy shit. Oh okay. shit. I love that. Yeah. Um, I told you the, the Rams are going to need to score more than 20 points to win. I don't think they, I don't think they eclipse 20 points. I don't think they really come super close to 20 points. I just can't see them scoring 20 points. Like I can't see them coming close to that. There's nothing that they can do on offense right now, especially if the Packers approach this with the same mentality that they went into that Titans game with to shut down Derrick Henry, force Titans, who is a really good, you are, they are a really good play action team, or I should say were, uh, to become one dimensional. And if you can force Jared Goff with his, screwy thumb in the cold to claw back into the game with you know a very flawed running game against this defense and the Packers are going to take advantage of that and you know their offense you know being as potent as it is right now they can increase the gap uh so I think the NFC championship look as as much as I want to see three foot two noodle arm drew drew breeze come to green Bay and throw it around in, in the snow and, you know, have to check it down to Alvin Kamara and everybody swarmed him and tackle him hopefully better than they, uh, than they tried to in week three. It cannot be worse. So there is that. Correct. As much as I want to see that, I still think it's going to be the Buccaneers. You know, Tom Brady played really good in new Orleans. Granted they are really well. 
Uh, granted, they lost. They lost both games against the Saints. Uh, I can't see Drew Brees going 3-0, quarterback wins against Tom Brady this season. But, um, yeah, no, I got I got the Buccaneers winning in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be Packers Packers and Bucks, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and yeah. the NFC Championship. For the record, I, I agree. I want it to be the Saints. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, yeah, I would I, love to – because I feel like – I feel like – if it's the Saints, this could end up being a lot like the Titans game. Like it ends up being a complete blowout. We completely neutralize their offense, but I just don't see that happening. I we're not allowed to have nice things. It would just be too. It would be too easy. I can't. As I a, will. As a football fan, sorry, Jacob. As a football no. fan, I want it. I you know I, I'm I'm saying it's the Buccaneers. As a Packer fan, I am I am rooting for the Saints. Right. I will say this: it will be so much sweeter. If the Packers win the NFC Championship game against Tampa Bay, yeah, definitely. Just, yeah, the ultimate. I know that we say we don't care about those arguments and all that stuff, and honestly, deep down, I really don't. But the one time they face in the playoffs and our guys won, the ultimate trump card forever and ever, right? And and I think the it's not like I I've said, I said earlier that I hate the Rogers versus Brady's debate because I just don't care, but it would shut everybody up for a while, which I am always up for, for everybody to shut their damn mouths about it. Cause I'm sick of hearing about it. So I'm all in. And not only that, but like, if you just want to talk, like remove Brady from the situation, like I think Bruce Arians is unlikable. Antonio Brown. We've talked about on the show. Obviously I don't need to get into that. And Damakong Sue is unlikable. Like they just have a cast of characters that is just like wretched and disgusting. And I would enjoy nothing more, but I can also tell you if it's Packers bucks, I'm going to hyperventilate for a week straight. And I very much am appreciative that I have a short week of work because I'm not going to be able to focus at work for the entire week. If that is very much the case when we wake up on Monday morning, knowing that that is in fact the matchup real quick guys. we have a little bit of time left then who do you like in the AFC games? Just real quick. I like the chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, no, I'm picking, I'm picking chiefs and Ravens as well. I yeah. Think, I, I, I love Josh Allen. I think the bills they're, they're looking good, but I think the Ravens are getting their running game going right now. Lamar Jackson, he's getting into his groove a little bit. So I think, you know, I think, I think they can, they can. Yeah. I think, I think Ravens bills is going to be a, a fun game. I think that was going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think like if, if I didn't have any like, I don't know, team that I was rooting for this weekend, that would be my, my favorite game to probably watch. Cause I think that one's going to be the closest. Yeah. I can tell you that my goal, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but my goal is to get out of the game and then get right to the nearest bar or television set, wherever I'm at and park to watch that game. Cause like you guys said, mm-hmm. I think that is the best matchup, but the Ravens, to me have been like this sleeping giant all season. And they were that team that they remind me a little bit of that 2010 Packers team where it's just like, just don't let them in. They have the top point differential in all of football. They played last week against a team they match up well with, and they shut Derrick Henry down. They shut down that Titans offense. I think they have a good chance to do that against Josh Allen and the bills. And I think they'll never admit it, but I think that, the Kansas city chiefs were thrilled to find out that the Pittsburgh Steelers laid an absolute egg on Sunday night football, because it meant they got to face the Browns instead of the Baltimore Ravens, which not that the Browns can't beat the chiefs, but I think that the Ravens are a much tougher matchup for them. And I look forward to the potential of I, from a football fan standpoint, I hope it's Mahomes just because I think Mahomes against Jackson or Allen in the championship game is really good for storylines. And not that Baker Mayfield's not, but it's not the same level as, as Mahomes, obviously. And honestly, if we're all sitting here right now, I think if you guys could pick your quarterback matchup in the Super Bowl, maybe you guys will tell me different, but I don't think you will. You're hoping for Mahomes against Rodgers. Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's like the marquee. That's like that's like what Rodgers and Brady would have been a few years State ago. State Farm Bowl. Yeah. The State right. Farm Bowl. <laughs> Right. Okay. So we're out of time for tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in to the illusion of complexity. We're happy to be back. You can follow us on Twitter at game on WI Aaron. We have a little special promotion that we're going to start airing tomorrow for getting our followers up. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Why don't you tell 
about it because you know more about it than I do. I do. Okay. So what I'm going to do, guys, we had a special guest uh, a couple weeks ago in Tyler Dunn. And you can find him at golongtd.com, uh, long form newsletters, emails, stuff like that that you can find. It's really good. Uh, and we've partnered up with him. And what we're going to do is once we hit 4,000 followers, I am giving away a free one month subscription to Tyler's website. So we're about 125, 150 followers or so away from 4,000. Once we get to that, I will give away a one month subscription to that website to one of our lucky followers. You don't have to be one of the new 100. So one of our 4,000 followers will be lucky enough to have that subscription. You can choose to renew it. It's basically a free one month trial for that. We're going to do giveaways to stuff like this. I think it's a good way to support journalism. And Tyler, in my opinion, is one of the best in the business. So I look forward to you guys having an opportunity to do that, but follow at game on WI to do that. You can follow me personally at Jacob Wester. If you can follow Aaron. Um, at H E R O O I N E heroin. And That's I have big. a Thursday, Thursday article at, that'll be coming out. Well today, cause it's, it'll be Thursday when you're listening. Um, yeah. And then just, I run the social media over at game on. So just, um, come hang out with me there. And the future front man of bad wolves. You can find him. It's Zachariah J. That's my Twitter handle. You can also find me at Packer Report as well as Open Book for Game on Wisconsin every Wednesday. And be sure to go back and check out. They had a really good interview today with Packers nickel corner Chandon Sullivan. Some really good information coming out before the postseason. And if you guys haven't had an opportunity, this week has been loaded in terms of guests. We had Bryce Christensen on Jason Perrone's Quick Slants podcast. Tuesday night, the Jamal Williams show featured Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon. Uh, we just mentioned Shannon Sullivan and then Lombardi's bar Wednesday night had Chris Barnes on their show for a little bit and it's only Thursday. So who knows what can happen between now and then. And if you entered to win a drawing for the Jamal Williams show, we will be doing those giveaways on Saturday during the pre-snap with Alex Strofe and his team for the pregame show. So be sure to check that out starting at 2.35 Central Time. In the meantime, it's Packers, it's Rams. We all like the Packers to win and face off against Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Remains to be seen, but the Packers should be moving on to the NFC Championship game if these predictions hold. In the meantime, put Billy Turner and Rick Wagner in hazmat suits. Go Pack Go! <laughs> go.